Flow, The Grip Prequel by Kennedy Ryan Narrated by Jacoby Diem and Maxine Mitchell If I could undo your kisses, if I could unfeel your touch, if I could unhook this heart from yours, I would. But I'm trapped in the memory of what we were, stuck with the reality of what we are, tempted with the promise of a future, afraid of possibility. I don't know how our story ends, but this, this is where it started. 1. Grip It's just one of those days. Monica's singing in my head. I'm relying on 90s R&B to articulate myself. I'm that hungry. My mouth waters when I think of the huge burrito I was this close to shoveling down my throat before I got the call. My stomach adds a rumble sound effect to the hunger. I visually pick through the dense LAX crowd, carefully checking each baggage claim carousel. No sign of her, or at least what I think she might look like. Reason still hasn't texted me his sister's picture. If I know my best friend, and I do, he probably doesn't have a picture of her on his phone. He wouldn't want to admit that, knowing how important family is to me, so I bet he's scrambling to find one. They are the weirdest family I've ever met, which is saying something since mine is no Norman Rockwell painting. I've never actually met any of the Gray family except Reese and his Uncle Grady. Reeson's parents and sister still live in New York, and he hasn't seen them in years. Not since he emancipated. We don't emancipate where I come from. Nah, we keep shit simple and just never come home. Worked for my dad. He didn't even wait till I was born to leave. Less messy and fewer legal fees. But we didn't have a fortune to fight over like the Greys did. My phone rings and I answer still scanning the crowd for a girl fitting Reeson's vague description. What's up, Reese? I clutch the phone and crane my neck to see over what must be a college basketball team. Not one of them is under 6'5". Even at 6'2", I can't see the forest for the trees with trees this tall. Trying to finish this track. Bristol there yet? That note in Reeson's voice tells me this conversation only holds half his attention. He's in the studio, and when he's there, good luck getting him to think about anything other than music. I get it. I'm the same way. I don't know if she's here or not. Did you forget to send the picture? Oh, yeah, the picture. He clears his throat to make way for whatever excuse he's about to give me. I thought I had it on my phone. Maybe I accidentally deleted it or something. Or something? I let him get away with that. Reason's excuse for sending me to pick his sister up from the airport is legit. There's this pop star diva who needs a shit ton of tracks remastered at the last minute before her album drops. But I suspect he's also nervous about his sister's visit. Maybe this emergency is a convenient way to avoid dealing with her for a little bit. Or inconvenient, if you were me and missed lunch rushing to get to the airport as stand-in chauffeur. Well, I don't know what she looks like. 
I push my sunglasses onto the top of my head. She looks like me, he says. I told you we're twins. Let me check the cloud for a picture. Did dude just seriously say, check the cloud? Yeah, Reese, you check the cloud. Let me know what you find. Okay, he says from the other end, and I can tell he's back into that track. I called to tell her you were coming, but I keep getting voicemail. I'll try again and send a pic. Once he hangs up, I concentrate on searching methodically through the crowd. She'd be coming from New York, so I've narrowed it down to one carousel. She looks like me isn't much to go on, but I stop at every tall, dark-haired girl and check for signs of Reeson's DNA. Hell, she could be right in front of... That thought fizzles out when my eyes land on the girl standing right in front of me.